Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. We are glad you are here. Thank you so much for, for coming and being a part of our Easter service. There's an Easter tradition that uh, we have used for years here at Pine Castle and all over the world today. People are using this tradition. The pastor is supposed to say, Christ is risen. And then you guys are supposed to say, he is risen indeed, right? Oh, you guys know this. Good. All right. Well, let's try it. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. Amen. Well, I'm going to talk to you for the next few moments about the empty promise of Easter. But, but before I do that, I want to tell you a little story about uh, uh, Reverend Johnson got up on an Easter Sunday morning to his church, and he held up three sermons. He said, church, I have three sermons in my hand today that I am prepared to preach. He said, the first sermon is $1,000, and it lasts five minutes. The second sermon is $500, and it lasts 30 minutes. And I have a $250 sermon that lasts over an hour. We're going to take the offering now and see which sermon I'm going to preach. <laughs> you did pretty good on that one. I'll try one more. Pastor Johnson was in the lobby on Easter Sunday, and he was greeting everyone as they were leaving. And a, a member came up to the to, to pastor and shook his hand, and the pastor said, he said, Brother, Brother Smith, you need to be in the army of the Lord. And Brother Smith said, Pastor, I, I'm in the army of the Lord. And the pastor said, well, if you're in the army of the Lord, how come I only see you on Easter? And the guy replied, Pastor, I'm in the secret service. <laughs> you guys are awake now. The empty promise of Easter. You know, most times, empty is not good. Empty is not good when you pull up to 7-Eleven, you have to fill up your gas tank with gas. Amen? That is not a good empty. You go to your, your refrigerator, and the refrigerator is empty. That's not really good. You go to your computer and you look at your bank account and your bank account is on empty. That's not good. And most important of all, an empty coffee cup is miserable. <laughs> empty. Seems like we live in a world that's filled with empty promises. We've got commercials on TV that are just selling empty promises. We've got politicians that are offering empty solutions. And I don't know about you, but, 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 but when I feel like someone's giving me an empty promise, it makes, makes me feel depressed, discouraged, mad, angry. The world's filled with empty promises. I remember the last time I, I, someone gave me an empty promise. It was 1975. I was in ninth grade at Robert E. Lee Junior High School. And Big Tex befriended a guy by the name of Scooter G. That's me. Big Tex was the big man on campus, man. He was, he was taller than everybody. He was bigger than everybody. And we called him Big Tex because he ruled the school. Well, one day on a Friday afternoon, for some reason, he took a liking to me. And he called me Scooter G. He said, Scooter G, my cousin's coming to town tonight, and we're going to go roller skating. 
and we're going to pick you up, and we're going to take you roller skating. Now, back in the day, man, going roller skating was the thing. And I was so excited. I went home after school about 3 or 4 o'clock, and I took three or four showers. I put on the right guard deodorant, slapped myself a few times with the Old Spice cologne, and man, I was ready to go. Big Tex made a promise to me that he would pick me up at 7 p.m. So I, my mom helped me to get y'all ready. I was going to go roller skating with the chicks. I was so excited. And I sat out on my front driveway 15 minutes early waiting for Big Tex. 7 o'clock showed up, no Big Tex. 7.30 rolled around, no Big Tex. 8 o'clock rolled around, no Big Tex. Back in those days, you didn't have cell phones. You couldn't call Big Tex. I waited until 9 o'clock, and I'm heartbroken to tell you that Big Tex never showed up. Empty promises. You feel disappointed. You feel discouraged. You feel mad. You feel angry. But the world is filled with empty promises. Now, today, we're going to talk just in the next few moments about the empty promise of Easter. God promises us that on Easter that there's going to be an empty cross, there's going to be an empty tomb, and there's going to be an empty life. And we're going to talk about that in these next few moments. If you're with me, let me hear a big amen. amen. Now, you have sermon notes that, 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 that were given to you by the ushers. I want you to get your sermon notes out, and I took it easy on you today. Today, you don't have to have your Bible. You don't have to follow along. You can just follow the notes. I've got three blanks today, and I'm going to give you the answers to all the blanks. Number one, the empty cross. Number two, the empty tomb. And then number three, the empty life. We're going to talk about the empty promise of Easter. And here's our scripture that we're going to look at. It's in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. If you're with me, let me hear an amen. amen. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. Everyone say those two words, new birth. New birth. And a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, the first empty promise that God gives us on Easter is that there will be an empty cross. I love what Billy Graham says. It's there in your notes. God proved his love on the cross. When Christ hung and bled and died, it was God saying to the world, I love you. And I'm glad that in this church we have empty crosses. You know, uh, I've been to the Vatican in Rome many, many times. And there's beautiful artwork there in Italy, but all of the crosses have Christ on the cross. Now, I'm not knocking the way anyone believes, but I'm glad as believers and as Christians that we serve a God who made a promise to us, and the promise was that there would be an empty cross. The cross is empty, and that is the empty promise of Easter. You know, there's a huge cross in Effingham, Illinois. It is the largest cross in America. Over 50,000 people pass by this cross. It's called the Cross at the Crossroads, and it is the largest cross, 180 tons. And think of all the people that drive by and see that cross. And I am glad that they see a cross where Christ is not hanging on that cross because Christ is no longer there. He is the Christ 
who is no longer in the cross. And the empty promise of Easter is that God promises us an empty cross. I believe that the empty cross is the greatest symbol in the world. Can I get an amen? amen. You know, we have a society that's filled with symbols and logos and emblems. And I did some research this week, and, and, and I want to show you the top ten symbols in the world and across America. Number one, uh, actually number ten is Walt Disney World. And we got to do that because we've got a lot of Disney retirees here, and so I'm glad that Disney is, a, is one of the top ten images or symbols in the world. Number nine is Pepsi. Number eight is Mercedes. Number seven is Toyota. Number six, Coca-Cola. The, sus the suspense is building. Here it is. <laughs> Coming in at number five, drum roll please, is McDonald's. Number four for all the millennials is Google. Nike comes in at number three. Number two is Microsoft. And the world's number one symbol is Apple. Other than the cross. I believe that the cross is the greatest symbol of all time. And today we celebrate as believers and as Christians and we can celebrate that God has given us the empty promise of Easter and that the promise is that there is an empty cross. Aren't you glad that the cross is empty and it's the greatest symbol of all time? Can I get an amen? amen. Listen to this quote. I love it. Life is wasted if we do not grasp the glory of the cross. Cherish it for its treasure that it is and cleave to it as the highest price of every pleasure and the deepest comfort in every pain. What was once foolishness to us, a crucified God, must become our wisdom, our power, and our only boast in the world. God promises us today an empty cross, the greatest symbol of all time. Can I get an amen? George Bernard was right in 1912 when he wrote the song, The Old Rugged Cross. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross for the dearest and blessed to a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross. And till my trophies at last I lay down, I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Let's sing that verse one more time. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown you see the empty promise of Easter is that God gives us an empty cross. 
And we can celebrate that today. Number two, I want to talk to you today about the empty tomb. Aren't you glad today that we serve a God who is no longer in the tomb? Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 10, look what it says. It says, but when they looked up and they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away, they entered the tomb. They saw a young man dressed in white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. The place where they have laid him, he is risen. I love what Dr. Jeremiah says. He says the tomb was empty. The greatest security breach of all time. Yet that event gives us lasting security to all God's people. I love it. You know, I've been to the Holy Land several times, many times. In fact, I've taken some of you to the Holy Land. And you know, for me, the greatest experience of going to Israel is when you go to the empty tomb. There is something powerful when you walk in that little cave and you see that the tomb is empty. It fills you with hope. It fills you with, with, with purpose. It fills you with excitement knowing that God promises to us that there's not only an empty cross, but there is an empty tomb. The tomb is empty. He is risen. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, I want to ask you a question. Other than Jesus, I want you to think of your greatest hero, the person you look up to the most, the, per the, the person that you admire the most. It could be a politician, it could be a, a clergy person, it could be a relative. Think of a person that you admire the most. And I guarantee you that we all have different people that we look up to and admire. But you know this, they all have one thing in common. And here it is. Those heroes that we look up to, they all died and they didn't rise again. Think about it. Hundreds of billions of people have lived on the earth and they all have one thing in common. And that is that they died and they stayed dead. Jesus Christ is the only person in the history of the world that died and rose again. And the empty promise of Easter is that he says, I'm not only going to die on the cross, but I'm going to go to the tomb, and after three days, I'm going to rise again. And I find great comfort in the fact that Jesus is no longer in the tomb. Can I get an amen? amen. Buddha, Muhammad. Dalai Lama, Mother Teresa, St. Augustine, St. Francis, Pope John, they all died and they stayed in the grave. The Rockefellers, the Kennedys, the Bushes, the Vanderbilts, they don't have enough influence to escape dying. Lincoln, Roosevelt, Churchill, Mandela, they can't lead their way out of their final death. Christ is risen. Michael Jackson, Elvis, the Beatles, Sinatra, they can't sing their way out of the grave. Michael Jordan, Tiger, Serena, Ali, 
They don't have enough victories to defeat death. Martin Luther, John Wesley, Charles Spurgeon, John Calvin can't preach their way out of the grave. Christ is risen. Ice Cube, MC Hammer, 50 Cents, Vanilla Ice can't wrap their way out of defeating death. Catherine Hepburn, Betty Davis, Julie Andrews, Marilyn Street, they're not pretty enough to avoid immortality. Christ is risen. Cary Grant, Fred Astaire, Humphrey Bogart, Clark Gable, they can't perform their way out of passing from this life. The Kardashians, the Simpsons, the Sopranos, or the Goldbergs don't have enough followers to escape their eternal rest. Christ is risen. Billy Sunday, Billy Idol, Billy Ray Cyrus, and Billy Bob can't wiggle their way out of the grave. Leonardo da Vinci, Van Gogh, Picasso, Michelangelo, they're not talented enough to bypass the tomb. Aristotle, Plato, Socrates, Confucius, they're not intelligent enough to figure out how to avoid the inevitable. Queen Elizabeth, Queen Victoria, King Henry, and King Tut don't have enough pedigree to dodge eternal sleep. Christ is risen. And Robert Lowry said it best when he wrote this song. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He removes a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign. Here it is, church. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. You see, the empty promise of Easter is that God gives us an empty cross, he gives us an empty tomb, and then number three, here it is, he gives us an empty life. Now, what do I mean by that? Look in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, freedom is what we have. Christ has set us free. Stand then as free people and do not allow yourselves to be, become slaves again. The empty promise of Easter is that God gives us an empty life. Think about it. You don't have to carry around with you guilt, shame, regret, sin, the empty promise of Easter is that Christ died on the cross, rose again, and he's alive today, and he gives you an empty life. You can be full of purpose. You can be full of destiny. You can be full of vision because Christ has set us free, and you don't have to carry that guilt around anymore because you can live an empty life. There's an old story out in East Texas of a, of a young man who had two big old bags that he was carrying around with him. They were heavy. They were 100 pounds each, and he was carrying these bags, and he was hitchhiking. And an old countryman in a 1960s Ford pulled up, 
And the guy got in the car, and he was still carrying his bags. And that old man looked at that young man and said, what are you doing carrying that stuff? And the young man said, well, I've had these for years, and I'm carrying them around, and they're with me. i got to hang on to them. And the old man looked at him and said, look, son, the reason I picked you up is so that you don't have to carry those bags anymore. What was he saying to him? He was saying to that young man, you can live an empty life. You can be free of guilt, free of shame, free of, free of sin, if you will just simply recognize that Easter promises us an empty life. Look what Beth Moore says in your notes. I love this one. I love this quote. She says, the power of the resurrection means that nothing but the tomb has meant to be empty. And you don't have to live a life that is full of sin and shame, you can live a life that's empty and you can be free. Can I get an amen? amen. Let me tell you real quickly about a, a young man by the name of John. His name was John Newton. They called this guy Blasphemous John. He was hated by everybody. His, his parents got a divorce. He was mean. He cursed all the time. He was, he was an evil person. They called him Blasphemous John. John got on a boat with his dad, who was the captain, and everybody hated John because he was, just, he was just miserable to be around. You see, John and his father were slave traders, and they would take their boat from America to the coast of Africa, and they would, they would uh, take slaves, and they would sell them back in America. On one of these trips, John had a, had a radical conversion. He became deathly sick. And, and the captain hated John, and he sent John to the bottom of the boat, and it was the slaves that he was selling that took care of him and rescued him back to life. A few days later, John saw one of his friends go overboard and died, and John had a radical encounter with Jesus Christ. He gave up his guilt, his regret, his sin, his pain, and he accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, and he went back to England, and he became an advocate against slavery in the Parliament of England. John Newton discovered that he could live an empty life, that the empty promise of Easter was true, that he could be free from guilt and pain and sorrow, and he lived a wonderful life advocating against slavery for the rest of his life, and he became a minister of the gospel of Christ. John Newton discovered the power of Easter and the empty promise that God gives us that we can have an empty life. He wrote a song that is sung 10,000 times a day around the world, sung by millions and millions of people because he discovered the power of living an empty life. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see see John Newton discovered the power of an empty life that's promised because of Easter can I get an amen, amen. as we close here today I can't help but know that many of you are aware of a, a powerful leader in Ukraine. His name is President Zelensky. I don't know about you, but this guy charges me with passion. 
When I see him speak in front of Congress, when I see him speak in front of the leaders around the world, this is a guy that just makes you want to follow him. It's filled with passion and conviction. You know where he stands. He lives his life and he's fighting for, for his people. There was a, a group that just two weeks ago came up with a song, and, and the group's name was Five for Fighting. And they wrote a song about Zelensky. And this is the, uh, some of the words to this song. It's called, Can One Man Save the World? Here it is. Can one man save the world? In a thousand years, will they say your name? Or is it all in vain? Can one man save the world? Will you take me by the hand? Will you help me stand? Still in the end, can one man save the world? And I don't know if, if President Zelensky has the power to save Ukraine or not. That's yet to be determined. But I admire his leadership and I admire the way he stood up for defending his country. But I do know this. That song title is, Can One Man Save the World? Zelensky can't save the world. There's only one person who can save the world. And that is Jesus Christ. He's given us an empty cross. He's given us an empty tomb. And he gives you and I the opportunity to live an empty life. Empty of sin and guilt and regret. And I admire what Christ has done. And we celebrate that today. The empty promise of Easter. I thank God for his blood. I thank God for the empty cross. I thank God for the empty tomb. I thank God that the empty life that we can discover. And I thank God for the hope that we have that Christ has given us, the empty promise of Easter. was a wretch I remember who I was I was lost I was blind I was running out of time and sin separated the breach was far too wide but from the far side of the chasm you had me in your so you made a way across the great divide, left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside. And there at the cross, you paid the debt I owe, broke my chains, freed my soul for the first time I Thank you. 
remain standing if you would, and would you bow your heart with me just for a moment? I can't help but not think that there is a John Newton here. Looking for a way to get rid of the sin and the guilt and the shame and the failures of your past. Today could be a promising moment for you today. If you will just simply recognize that you're a, you're a sinner, you're in need of a savior, and, and you can live a life empty, a life that's filled with purpose and destiny and joy and forgiveness is made possible today because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Would you bow your hearts with me? I want you to pray this prayer. If you've never prayed this prayer, let this prayer be a prayer that change your life and give you an empty life full of God's forgiveness. Say this with me. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. I recognize today that I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. I ask you to come into my life and change me. Take away my sins, my mistakes, my failures. I thank you for the blood that was shed so that I could be free. I receive you as my Savior and Lord, and I promise to live for you the rest of my life. Thank you for the empty promise of Easter. I celebrate it today. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen, and amen. Behind me is artwork that our church members, as a gift to you, they did this. I want to thank um, Tom Rodowski, uh, Bob Richter, Debbie Stewart, Kathy Timms, and Karen Williams. They painted this as a gift for you today. The incredible empty promise of Easter. An empty cross, an empty tomb, an empty life is made possible because of Jesus Christ. On behalf of our entire church, we want to thank you today for being with us. Happy Easter to all of you. God bless you. We'll see you back here next week at Pine Castle. Have a great day. Happy Easter, everybody. God bless you. We'll see you.